Ah, peak thunder season. This is way over our heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, how you doing? Well, I'm. You know, the peak thunder season is my favorite time of thunder season. Yes, so, it's uh, time to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good time, and you know, climatologically, we probably passed the peak. Actually, generally mid to late July is kind of when you start rounding the bend. You still get a lot of thunderstorms in August, but things start winding down a bit. I mean, summer starts coming to a close slowly. You still get the heat, but the days aren't as long. You get, you know, fewer of those thunderstorms, but we're still definitely in it. Uh, as evidenced by the storms we had over the weekend across Minnesota and as evidenced by what's coming uh, today is Thursday, August 13th, and we've got storms coming tonight. That's Thursday night and Friday in northern Minnesota, and then again on Friday in the rest of Minnesota. So it's going to be an active time, a couple of busy days. Well, we'll get back to that in just a moment, but let's first recap this past weekend. You and I last spoke on Friday, the 7th of August. We talked about the prospects for severe weather over the weekend, and speaking of thunder, We had quite a bit of that here in the Twin Cities. One of the most spectacular light shows I think I've ever seen on uh, Sunday night, early Monday morning this past week. And I I heard a stat somewhere that there were 15,000 lightning events that were recorded by a lightning detector. I think that was one of the local TV stations had that. But looking out my window, I did not doubt that for a moment because it was pretty much continuous lightning from what I could see. Oh yeah, it was a it was like a disco strobe light party. And it wasn't just one storm. For now, you know, listeners who maybe were between storms, I mean, those out in parts of west central Minnesota um, maybe didn't see so much. There were parts of the state that did not get in on the action, but you know, there are large areas too from northwestern Minnesota into the arrowhead. And then down to southern Minnesota and the Twin Cities, where there were, in some cases, multiple rounds of thunderstorms over the over the weekend. And they all were prolific lightning and thunder producers. So we could be talking about just about any of them. But what Jim is talking about are these storms that developed Sunday evening in the southwestern Twin Cities metro. All they did for the first hour and a half to two hours was just kind of sit in place, produce heavy rain, some hail, and lots and lots of lightning and thunder. But then a second round blew up off to the northwest in Wright County, and then it tracked also kind of east and southeast into the Twin Cities area. And those storms were huge, and they were just crawling, and they produced tremendous amounts of lightning. I mean, it was nonstop lightning, and as the storms were approaching my location, which is in South Minneapolis, and it must have been about 1, 1.30, but there was just constant thunder. And I don't mean you kept hearing booms of thunder. I mean, it was like one continuous crescendo kind of roll of thunder that never really stopped. And the only thing, the only breaks in it at all were when new lightning flashes were close enough that the thunder would just get enhanced. So it just got louder and louder and louder. And uh, this went on for about 20 minutes. And then of course it poured lots of rain These were good storms. I I am sure that folks in the northern parts of Hennepin County and central and eastern Wright County, as well as along the Minnesota River, uh, 
from southern Bloomington kind of westward towards Jordan. I'm pretty sure those areas are being hounded by <laughs> insurance claims right now. People calling and asking if they can come and look at your roof or if you had any dings on your car because uh, those storms produced hail the size of golf balls and tennis balls fairly frequently, and uh, there's no doubt some damage from them. Well, we also dodged a derecho as a result of the system that produced that storm, correct? Yeah, it was basically essentially the next day as, uh, as things fired up in western Iowa and those storms got going, and this was a headline, national headline-making storm event, partially because it, you know, it went right through the Chicago area and so there were probably a total of 15 or 20 million people that were affected by those storms. Just a massive duration or massive line of thunderstorms producing continuous wind damage. And many of the wind gusts were up above 90 miles an hour, and some of them were over 100 miles an hour. The damage was unlike what we normally see from strong thunderstorm winds. So usually you see uprooted trees and down power lines. And that's, you know, that's not great if you're the property owner who's who's got that happening. But these storms took it to another level. I mean, they were blowing over chimneys and uh, denting farm equipment and silos and, you know, hoisting things into each other and, and producing that kind of secondary damage that you usually see with things like tornadoes or hurricanes. So, yeah, quite a wind event. And it, I think the total length was uh, approached 800 miles from west to east. It went from western Iowa through Iowa into Illinois and Indiana, tracked into parts of southern Wisconsin too. So that was uh, quite an event. And yeah, we, we did miss out on that. We were feeling you know, pretty spiffy for having that special severe weather outbreak in the Twin Cities area the night before. But uh, the storm event that we missed in Iowa, Illinois, and Indiana kind of stole the show. Well, certainly a lot of us here had a sleepless night on Sunday night into Monday morning. And uh, one thing that I noticed is uh, the tracks of those storms originated, it seemed, or at least came from the North Dakota area, Fargo, Moorhead, Grand Forks, and sort of tracked almost down 94 to the Twin Cities. Is that a pattern we see often? It just seems to me, and this is strictly speaking, you know, anecdotally, without the benefit of data, but it seems that oftentimes we will see storms that initiate somewhere in North Dakota around Grand Forks, Fargo, and then pretty much track down 94 until they hit the Twin Cities area. Is, is that a, a storm path per se, or is that just a coincidence that storms sometimes take that particular path? Well, it's, it's, it's a really good observation, and I'm just going to add to it, and I'm going to encourage all of our radar-watching listeners out there to pay attention during the next storm season. Watch where thunderstorms come from at the beginning of the summer, and then compare that to what, where they come from during the end of the summer, because normally, not always, but normally, we start to see our activity come up from the southwest April, May, and June. And if we get thunderstorms in March or April and May, they almost, I wouldn't say always, but they quite frequently come from the south or the southwest. And that's because we're literally borrowing the heat and instability from those regions and the storms are just arriving on those southerly winds. And in those situations, the winds aloft are, you know, often kind of directing summer up into this area. And so they're pushing winds from the south into our region. By the time we get towards the end of summer, 
the days start shortening and whether we like it or not, the prevailing wind direction shifts from kind of the southwest and west to the northwest. And we do, especially in midsummer and thereafter, start seeing storms more frequently come out of the northwest. Uh, and sometimes even the north to kind of close out the season. So they'll come with those powerful cold fronts. So it's a really good observation, Jim. And even, of course, in May and June, you can see storms, and they often do come out of the northwest. They just, uh, you know, all of our, most of our tornadoes come from the southwest. And a lot of the severe storms in, you know, the early part of the severe weather season do come out of the southwest or even the south. But especially midsummer and beyond, they do come out of the Northwest. And that track down I-94 to the Twin Cities is, uh, you know, well-worn and almost bankable. I mean, if you see storms up in the Alexandria area between, you know, maybe Morris and Fergus Falls, somewhere up in that region, and they start shifting a little bit south of east, you can almost like clockwork that they're going to make their, their way into the Twin Cities. Is that kind of what you've observed there, Jim? Exactly, yeah. Now that you mention it, I do see that seasonal component too, where as uh, summer uh, starts to transition into the August months, we see more of that activity up in that northwestern corner of the state. So yeah, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, what was so interesting about those storms on Sunday night was the first round and, you know, even in August and September, when we get big tornadoes, they tend to come out of the, you know, more of the west-southwest or the southwest. And that first round of storms on Sunday evening in the Twin Cities, if there was any motion to those storms at all, they were they were going from southwest to northeast. And I don't know if you had a chance to go outside around, around 9 o'clock, but the dew point at the Twin Cities airport shot up to 77 degrees. It was 80 degree temperature with a 77 degree dew point. It was just brutally humid. And, you know, there was lightning flickering and light rain falling. And it just felt oppressive. And with the storms moving in from the southwest and we knew the direction of the winds aloft, we were really close to, to tornado weather. I mean, I you know, it was only... I think by sort of the, the fortune of the timing of these storms that we avoided significant tornadoes in and around the Twin Cities with that event. It was a pretty eerie setup uh, before the other storms moved in later that evening. So, yeah, kind of an interesting time. And cabin country has gotten quite a bit of severe weather action this year. Is that unusual or is that fairly typical as well? You know, that's a good question. And if I could just speculate, there's a part of me that thinks they've always gotten hit hard and now we just have more people living around those areas or having second homes in those areas that are reporting them. I mean, almost every summer since I've been paying attention, there has been some period of significant severe weather activity up in the area around Brainerd, uh, whether it's north or south of Brainerd, westward towards Fergus Falls, and then um, sometimes northward, not quite to the Grand Rapids area, but that area, you know, um, basically Cass Lake, Bemidji, over down towards Brainerd, and then westward towards Fergus Falls, they get a lot of big storms. And we've had, you know, not just recently, but some very significant weather events in that area, including the great kind of Northwoods tornado outbreak of 1969, where there was kind of a swarm of tornadoes, including some that were massive, 
that went in that same area we just described, even a little farther east through forests in, in northeastern Minnesota. So I think it's it's a pretty common area. I mean, if you think of it, we always think of Tornado Alley as sort of really existing to the south and west of Minnesota. But but truthfully, the, the area that's most active kind of shifts throughout a typical year. It shifts from south to north. It migrates from Kansas and Nebraska and Missouri into Iowa and South Dakota and eventually gets into Minnesota. And really kind of the northern part of the state, the Brainerd Lakes area, is about as far north as that really active belt of thunderstorms gets. And if you can just sort of imagine it sort of moving to that northern terminus and then just kind of sitting there for two to four weeks before plunging back south, it does explain the tendency for that area to get some strong thunderstorms. And it's been, you know, a very active year. They had a massive tornado in Ottertail County earlier in July, an EF4 killer tornado. There have been some severe weather and damaging wind events. It's been very active up in even northwestern Minnesota, up, uh, you know, in Kitson County. And, you know, some of that seems a little bit anomalous or unusual. And some of it, you know, we've had this happen multiple times. Last year, uh, in the middle of July, there was very active weather in northern Minnesota. And in uh, 2016, I, I would say that northern Minnesota kind of stole the show in terms of thunderstorm activity and severe weather events. So, you know, it doesn't seem unusual, but it's certainly, you know, if you have property up there, or if you visit areas up in, the, you know, not too far from Brainerd in the Central Lakes area, you probably are really familiar with those strong, generally overnight or evening or overnight thunderstorms that are common in that area. Well, speaking of active weather, we're coming into a very active pattern here. We're recording this on the afternoon of Thursday, the 13th of August. And uh, Kenny, basically starting this evening and uh, going into Friday, we are looking at the possibility of severe weather uh, in different parts of Minnesota and probably more specifically for the metro on Friday, correct? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's a really busy time. And the Storm Prediction Center has, has an enhanced risk. So that's a heightened risk for severe weather in essentially northwestern Minnesota on Thursday night. So that's tonight. And the the real threat is for damaging winds and hail. There's a small tornado threat up there, but there's going to be some powerful thunderstorms moving in and the winds aloft because we're going into a seasonal transition. Again, like it or not, the kind of doldrums of summer are going to be exchanging for the more active and faster moving uh, air patterns that you get in the fall. But when you get those faster moving air patterns coming over a really sticky uh, residual summer type air mass, you can get really strong thunderstorms and they can turn and start to uh, kind of have a little additional longevity and they can produce hail and damaging winds. And that's the main threat tonight in northwestern Minnesota, along with heavy rain. Really, it's going to be a busy 36-hour period in the northern parts of Minnesota where some areas are going to see multiple rounds of thunderstorms, one early this evening, one later tonight, and then another one on Friday. So uh, it's going to be a really busy time. I would expect, you know, with, with thunderstorm damage, it tends to be fairly isolated, right? It's not like uh, the whole area gets wiped out, but in northern Minnesota, I would expect 
several different waves of storms that produce at least isolated wind damage or isolated large hail over the next 48 hours. On Friday, there's going to be a cold front coming through. And it's, you know, if you've been outside today and most of Minnesota now, it's quite muggy. It, it feels like summer. Dew points are above 70 degrees. Temperatures are in the 80s or maybe even warmer in some areas. You can actually kind of feel all the moisture in the air and you can feel that potential instability. And in the Twin Cities area, that's probably going to remain at bay tonight. But then as we get into Friday and the cold front swings in, we're going to see thunderstorms developing in western and central Minnesota, and even northern Minnesota again. And some of those are, are also going to be very strong. And the Storm Prediction Center has another enhanced risk for severe weather for tomorrow, indicating a potential, a slightly better potential for tornadoes but also for damaging large hail and strong winds. And we actually have a chance for something we haven't seen in a while, which is wind-driven hail. I don't know when the last time you experienced wow. that, um, but we had a pretty good event here in 2017 and another one in 2013. And whenever you get wind-driven hail, boy, it can do a number on garage doors and roofs and cars because you don't need as large a hail size to do damage because it's being propelled by 50, 60 mile an hour winds. Now, again, just like with all other weather, the actual focal point of that wind-driven hail would probably be relatively small compared to the rest of the area of thunderstorms. But some areas are probably going to see wind-driven hail on Friday, in addition to the risk for just strong winds or large hail or tornadoes. So, uh, quite an event. There's also some heavy rainfall potential. And when this thing comes through, Jim, you're going to be really unhappy because it's going to start to like fall. I saw that, Kenny. This is looking like it could be, for some people, what would be considered the glory days of summer. We're talking temperatures in the lower to <laughs> mid-70s. Not my kind of weather, but I think a lot of people are going to like the weather pattern that seems to be emerging starting on Saturday and going into next week. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think, you know, in southern Minnesota, it's going to be generally just pleasant and you won't feel that dripping moisture coming out of the atmosphere. Northern Minnesota, there's actually going to be a little bit of a morning bite to the air. Uh, we're looking at low temperatures getting down into the 40s, perhaps, in parts of northern Minnesota. And, you know, I know it's not that uncommon, but it is still mid-August. So you might say, come on, hold off a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a very different air mass. And what's so interesting about this is not that anyone's keeping track, but when we talked last week, looking at that exact same period, all of the weather models had us absolutely scorching, 94, 96 degrees, uh, soaring, searing dew points, nothing like that. I mean, it, it now... All the data's in. We're probably going to be in the 70s, maybe even the 60s in some places for much of next week with low temperatures in the 40s and 50s. So once we get through this soupy air mass and the thunderstorms that come with it, expect things to really, maybe we can make up a word, automize. Automize. <laughs> we're going to automize. There we we're go. Gonna get, we're going <laughs> to get, get, get a little taste of fall. So, uh, yeah, big change. And, uh, you know, we can talk about in the next time, we can talk about what actually happened with these storms. That sounds like a plan, Kenny. So 
Be weather aware starting later this afternoon. This is Thursday the 13th of August into Friday the 14th. And of course, really tomorrow, the threat would pretty much continue through the evening hours, especially here in the metro and to the south and the east, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So, you know, basically we've got warm and humid conditions and uh, active enough pattern that you get thunderstorms, some of them strong to severe on Thursday night into Friday morning in the northern parts of Minnesota, and then kind of the whole state under the gun on Friday as the cold front comes through, cleans out this air mass, and leaves us with a taste of fall. Well, please stay safe for the next couple of days and then get ready to enjoy a really nice stretch of weather if you're the kind of person who likes cooler summer temperatures. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. It's not for everyone, but you know what? It's Minnesota, so deal with it. Well, Kenny, good talking to you as always. Have a wonderful weekend. This is Way Over Our Heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Stay safe and enjoy. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks.